Getting split. Getting split. Getting split. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 she's not dead. We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Tonight with us we have Patrick Markey of Law Office of Patrick Markey, Chicago Kent College of Law graduate, graduate of Minnesota, and Brian Wilson, graduate of DePaul University and University of Illinois, principal at Cogan Wilson. The next segment of Getting Split Ready is brought to you by the Divorce Pro Network. The Divorce Pro Network is the only curated, vetted, and certified group of professionals to help you through your divorce. If you have a question, go to www.splitready.com and click on Find a Pro. Well, litigation, right? We're kind of going all over the map on different types of divorce. And and it's weird because I think litigation has taken on that four-letter word type thing where people, it, it's, it's always thought of as bad. And some of the stuff when we were going back and forth, kind of picking the, the subject, you know, it's got a time and place. So let's talk a little bit, Brian, about litigation and, and your thoughts on that. Well, so you can see in our in our different personas, like Patrick's obviously very collaborative, which is great. Like, so is my partner. And I think it's a, a, a great way for certain people to move forward. I just think that from a litigation standpoint, it doesn't have to mean trial. It doesn't have to mean where you burn down the estate and then slash and burn and you spend all your money. When we go to when we're in litigation and we're not in a collaborative process or we're not in mediation, we're still negotiating all the time. It's just different. Um, sometimes we negotiate and we reach uh, an agreement on 95% of the issues. And then to get us over that hump, we use a judge to help us little, you know, put the little bow on top to make sure we're done. Some people can't always get there to the end. Or sometimes you're, you know, you're $100 apart, you're $200 apart, and the attorneys can't get their clients to budge. And so you need somebody to help move you over to the edge of the finish line. Um, I think with litigation, there's like benefits to it over other processes. Again, it's not not always fighting, but sometimes there's not a lot of trust between people when they're going to vote through a divorce. Like Wait, that's can, a can shocker, you, can right? Can you expand on that? Because that I think people think litigation fighting. And if you could talk a little bit about why litigation isn't about a kinetic thing that I would love yeah, to hear. Yeah, so thought. like in a in a typical like litigation case in our office, like we might not necessarily even file the case right away, but if we do, a lot of times what we're doing is we're just gathering information, whether it's voluntary or whether it's issuing discovery. And the reason we do that is to to provide people with a basis to have an agreement. And so that's just more of exchanging things through a process. It doesn't make it a combative process. It's just rules that are set up to make things move forward. And it allows things to move forward in a manner that like will push cases. Because you had brought up a point earlier that Sometimes in a divorce, there's people that are at different paths, right? Somebody might already be ready to be divorced while the other one just realized they were getting divorced last week, Yep. right? So like you need sometimes these rules and these processes to move both people forward at a pace that works for everybody. Um, and you can use these processes to kind of help sometimes rebuild the trust, right? So sometimes when you're, you're filing for divorce, all of a sudden the trust is gone, you're fighting, you have nothing to fall back on anymore. And you think people are hiding money and somebody swears that they're not, right? You, if you don't believe your spouse, no matter how many documents you voluntarily give over, you, you may never answer that question about hiding money. So this, the litigation process allows a person to 
you know, seek information independently to to verify their own concerns without necessarily, um, you know, going to court, fighting about it, to to seek the information from the direct source. Um, I also think sometimes, you know, it, this doesn't necessarily go to your question, but in a divorce process, there's there's typically like an imbalance of power, right? There, people aren't always on equal bargaining terms. Sometimes there's control over money. Sometimes there's control over kids. Sometimes there's control over information. And having the ability to remove the dominant person from all of the control can really help people kind of move forward, whether it's somebody who had all the money and gave an allowance or only somebody had a credit card or with somebody who made all the decisions with the kids and only gave access. So let's say, and, and do you litigate as well, right? I do, yeah. So, and I know that in your office, you've got, you know, your, your partner's very into collaborative and stuff too, so you guys offer kind of everything. But I would love to hear both of your thoughts on if somebody comes in, how do you, how, how, how do you decide what advice to give them, whether it should be mediation or collaborative or litigation? What's the process you go through? So, I mean, I, I present all of it. I present, here's collaborative. I mean, collaborative is voluntary, so if the other person's not going to do it, you're not doing it, and you're having to do, and if they don't agree to mediation, you're not doing mediation. Right. So, and I, I agree with Brian, litigation does get a bad rap, or um, people you know, think it's a, a thing that needs to be avoided. I think a lot of it is because of the nasty cases that they see in the media or that we were talking about earlier. Um, but it, it can be done well and right. And if, if you have two good people on it, being respectful and being proactive, um, it, it can be, it can be done well. And, and I echo everything Brian said too. There are some cases where it's just necessary where one person doesn't want to get divorced. The other does things like that. But I think from picking the process, I think a lot of it has to do with, like personalities, right? Like some people, you'll know when you're talking to them, like this is a great fit for collab. So like we do the same thing. We tell them about all three processes and we kind of see like what's going to work for you and your family, right? If it's, if it looks like it's going to fit collab, then they walk down the hall to Eva and right. And cause she's might be a great fit for them. If it looks like that might, that process might not work out because we have a lack of trust or maybe, you know, there's been some issues and we explore what else might work for them. So it's really kind of what what is going on with this family and what helps them achieve their goals. So we talked a little bit about the movie, the marriage story or a marriage story. What do you do or how do you operate? So let's say you end up with a client who seems pretty sane, pretty together. They're going to litigate because they need some help with the process, but they don't necessarily want to be contentious. They just, there's been a breakdown of trust. They need some information and some guidance. If the other person goes to an attorney that isn't on the same playing field as you, um, that is the Ray Liotta of the marriage story, doesn't that change? You can go in with the best of intentions, right? But if the other side is doing it differently, how do you, yeah, don't so you have to come up to their level of? Sometimes. So like Patrick said it before, we only control our side of the process, right? We control us and what and how we can deal with those things. Sometimes like the Ray Liotta process is not the most successful approach, right? Like, and so even if somebody is yelling and screaming and uh, at the bench, I mean, I don't, you can tell from our personalities and talking, we're both pretty similar in that we're calm, 
And, you know, there's certain tactics that you can use to basically fight the people that are, you know, accusatory, that yell, that, you know, make outrageous comments that are basically like circuses, right? Like they, they turn a process into a circus, you know. Sometimes I'll raise my hand at the bench, right? So it makes them look like they're childish because they're they're turning something that doesn't need to be this way into something that is more than it is. And so a lot of times you're just, it's like almost dealing with a bully, right? You kind of, you don't let them be show that you're intimidated. You don't let them bully your client. You don't have to rise down. To, when you say up, I think a lot of times it's like going sure. down to their level. And, um, you know, you just kind of, I, I always try and like settle the situation down. Our judges generally don't react well to people screaming and yelling at them like that just it might work a little bit to intimidate them but in the long term it does not work and so a lot of the times you have to almost coach your client to say like look they're gonna say these things and 95 percent of what they say the judges don't care and so you just have to like we're not gonna sit there and get into the name calling we're not gonna go down to their level because in the end when we're done with this and when issues are going different ways. If you've taken the high road, one, in theory, you'll feel better about yourself. But a lot of times judges will see that and it can help your case in the long term. Yeah. I w- Brian said it exactly the way I would have said it. The j- most judges, they don't like that at all. They don't like the Ray Liotta types, the aggressive ones. Uh, but it is, it is very difficult for the client and even for the attorney when the other side is just blatantly lying, <laughs> blatantly making things up. And you know, exaggerating things, like the person who had one beer is suddenly now an alcoholic. Right. Uh, that happens a lot, and the clients go nuts, and they want to fight back, and they want to. They know how to push each other's buttons at this point. Right, but you know, there, there's a lot of people that embellish the facts. Yeah. Um, and that can be very hard. I mean, that that's just a, it's a very hard thing to deal with. Um, but like Brian said, you just keep doing what you do and stay true to the facts and the law and just keep going. And it, it, it usually get a good result that way. The person who makes things up and has tantrums in court, um, it, it, you get the, the client might get an immediate gratification seeing the lawyer do that, but the result is usually, it, it doesn't translate into the result. I would, I would agree. I would say like they might get some immediate like traction because they see outlandish things and people are get scared and they're like, oh my gosh, we should listen to these outlandish comments. But once like it, the facts really start to come to light and people really start to learn what's going on, it usually does not bode well and it ends up like backfiring on them. I think you mentioned too that you guys are both of a more calm demeanor. And I think that if that can flow through to the client, because part of the challenge is not getting is keeping your client from reacting to those things correctly right that's the hard part yeah and i mean i'm not 100 percent of the time calm (laughs) (laughs) i mean if someone's really pushing my buttons i will go nuts too i mean we all do because it's it's frustrating yeah when you're doing something the right way and somebody is not doing it the right way i also think it's important it's like setting expectations when you're walking in right like I know this attorney. I know what they're going to say. This is how it's going to come out. They do the same thing all the time. Like, be, this is how it's going to go. So be prepared. And don't, you don't want, if you're standing in front of the bench and, uh, you know, you, the opposing counsel makes some comments and you, they, your client all of a sudden starts like huffing and like making noises and moving around and getting all worked up, the attention then shifts to them. And all of a sudden the judge is telling them to calm down and be quiet. Now you've played right into that mm-hmm. person's hand. So it, 
it's an exercise in frustration, but you you have to stay calm. You have to try to keep them level-headed. Um, we recommend therapy through divorces all the time, which is very helpful um, because while I'm sure we could be, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm qualified to be a therapist, but I'd probably give 25 hours a week in therapy. Um, really you know. expensive therapy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. They, yeah. We, we've had some really good guests on the show who've talked about, you know, hey, if you want a $500 an hour therapist, that's great, but... Real therapists know what they're doing much better than we do. Yes. I thought of um, something when we were having that conversation. So um, attorney's fees is something that, um, so we have a fee sharing statute where, um, you know, both attorneys get paid. If you're married and there's a prenup where you waive contribution of fees. Um, But even if you're fighting about custody, that's not, you can still get attorney's fees. So what, a lot of uh, clients complain about is having to pay the, the attorney's fees of the other lawyer. They don't want to do it, or they, they're paying another lawyer to litigate against them. Mm-hmm. And if there's enough money in the case, and you get that Ray Liotta type from Marriage Story, and he sees that $10 million estate, he says, I can just, yeah. I can churn this for the next five years um, and make up things. And so a lot of clients are in litigation, Brian could chime in on this too they want it to stop <laughs> like they're on this train and they're like how do we stop this train and with this other person who just keeps litigating and I'm writing checks to pay this other lawyer litigating against me and it's it's, it's wicked um, and it, it can be difficult to to get off that train yeah, I agree. It's frustrating. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.